We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hope that helped you guys out going into this Memorial Day weekend. Uh, we are pleased to have one of our CFB brethren join us right now. He is the host of Rise and Draft. Uh, he's also a co-host with me on the recruiting show over at Irish Breakdown. And he's about to be a papa soon, man. He's about to be a, a papa for a second time right. soon. I got Ryan Roberts. Welcome in to the Lucky Lefty Podcast. Man, you look like you're getting some sleep, though, bro. I, I'm trying, man. It's uh, like Sean. Literally, it's at any time that it could happen, man. The baby could be here, so I'm just, I'm just kind of living moment by moment, brother. Moment by moment. Always right. know that you are, you guys are in our prayers, and uh, yeah. As fathers, see, I only have one Malik. Are you going to have any more Malik? You already have two. Yeah, I think I'm. I think I'm good for a good five years. <laughs> Blake, it's funny, man. It's funny. My wife wanted three for the longest time, and I was always like, nah, I think two's a good number. And then she had the first one. She's like, I think you're right. I think two's yeah, a good yeah, number. Yeah, yeah, because like, yes. you realize real fast that, you know, you don't have a lot of time for much but more than one. You know? Absolutely not, man. Absolutely not. It's wild, man. I mean, I'm, I'm like, ah, man, I, I feel like I went the first, like, nine months, and I'm like, you know what? Number two is going to be easy. It's going to be good. And then I'm here now, and I'm like, nope, it's not going to be. I'm, I'm not ready <laughs> for it. Ready, I'm not ready. Ready. we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So we are here because next weekend is officially the beginning of a f- official visit season all across the college football landscape. And we want you to rank the recruiting weekends in the month of June as far as impact for the 24 class for Notre Dame. So without further ado, hit us with it. The double R. You yeah. want to go from you want to go start with number one and move down the list or, or work in reverse? Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll go number one. I think number one's okay. good because I actually had a, I mean, I had a real big debate on one and two here because I think that there is validity to put one at the top or put the other one. Honestly, I think these ones are a little bit interchangeable. I think the two biggest ones though, are going to be the June 9th through 11th weekend and the June 16th through the 19th weekend, like that through a few days span. I'm going to go with the June 16th and 19th. And, but I, I initially wanted to go nine through the 11th because that's the highest volume of kids that's going to be on campus right now. That's like, mm-hmm. if you go to Irish breakdown on our visitor list, like that is by far the weekend that is going to have the most kids ninth through the 11th. I mean, you're going to see Anthony Carey there, Carter Nelson, the tight end out of Nebraska, Elijah rushing, obviously the great defensive end out of South Point in Arizona. You're going to see uh, Logan Thomas is now commit to Notre Dame, but he'll be there on an official Brian Huff, Chris Cole, Marquise Gallegos, Oliver Miles. There's a long list for that 9th through 11th, but I'm going to go 16th through 19th, guys, because I think that that one, even with Jaden Riddell committing to Georgia, he's supposed to take an official that weekend. I think that though that weekend has the most, the most importance of landing mm-hmm. the premier targets on the board for Notre Dame. You have mm-hmm. Gerby Lambert that's going to be there that weekend out of Catholic Memorial out of Massachusetts. You have Kingston Villiamo Asa, who is a linebacker out of St. John Bosco, who is an absolute musket for the classic linebacker. You also have Jalen McClain. Him, who, he's huge. <laughs> I saw him last weekend. Week, he's huge. I saw him last weekend. He's huge. <laughs> he's, he's massive, man. Like, I, And I, I think Malik, I mean, for me, like if you ask me, who are the two can't-miss guys on both sides of the ball, not counting Justin Scott? Because I know you guys already talked about K- Justin Scott. It'd be Kingston. It'd be Gerby Lambert on offense. Like, those are the two guys where I'm like, that. You, like, you need to land those two guys. Like, you need to. Or else your linebacker group doesn't look great. Your offensive line group is a little bit suspect in certain spots. So I think those two guys, on top of Jalen McClain getting there for, out of, Notre da- out of um, excuse me, New Jersey safety, who I don't think there's much of a shot with. But the fact that you're getting him to take an official, I think, is pretty big for the program. Anytime you get him on campus for the first time, I think that you could potentially move the needle with him a little bit. So I think – and Sean Civiliano, who is also uh, – we we know the deal over the last couple of days with the Owen Wafel situation, right? Like that's the guy yeah. that Notre Dame wants in the class is Sean Civiliano out of, out of Clearwater Acad- Inter- Academy International in Florida. So he's going to be on campus as well. If it gets to that point, that could be the final – nailing the coffin as far as like, let's lock this one down. So I think that that one has the premier talent, but then I think a close second would be that nine through 11th. Cause you have again, the highest volume getting a guy like a Carter Nelson on campus. I mean, Sean, you know how big I've been on Carter Nelson now, man, for the longest time. I mean, that's my no. dude, man. And, 
if if there's some way that you can get Carter Nelson to go with Jack Larson in this class of tight end, that is it's a good haul, well, man. Let me I, ask you a question right quick. Yeah. The yeah. Notre Dame was supposed to take one tight end in this class, right? That was the plan. Yes. At, okay. at one point it was. And but I think that that was more reaction, Sean, because I, I think okay. they'd still be okay with taking one tight end. Like I don't think that they're like stressing themselves to take two. Yeah. I think that what happened was that there was a little bit of a there's a weird vibe when Jaden Riddell had unofficially come to Notre Dame. And I think that that kind of soured them a little bit. So it kind of became like one of those things of like, you know, we'll only take tight one tight end if we need to take one tight end. But, but I think that Carter Nelson is so good yeah. that they would entertain taking a second tight end in this class. It just really yeah. is dependent on what the numbers look like. Like it, it, is Elijah rushing going to come to campus, for instance, like if he wants to come to Notre Dame, yeah. maybe that's where that spot is allocated in, in, in regard to taking a second tight end instead. But I think right. being able to get him on campus, he's been on campus before for the Boston College game. Jared Parker has been out to Amesworth, Nebraska, like three or four times at this point. And for people that don't know, like that is not an easy place to get to. They have to they have to uh, fly into Sioux Falls and then drive four hours just to get there. Like there's no airport anywhere near Amesworth, Nebraska. So it is a hike and a half to even get out to see Carter Nelson. So obviously there's a lot of a lot of high interest. Elijah so, Rushing's going to be there. Sounds like sounds like a Notre Dame coach is actually putting in work to get a top recruit, huh? I mean, he I mean, he's putting in work just to get there, Sean. Like right. that's wild, man. That's 8 hours of car driving both ways just to it see the kid, way. man. <laughs> man, yeah. I mean, so yeah, there's definitely effort on, on that recruitment, there's no <laughs> doubt. And then you get Elijah Rushing to come in that 9th through 11th, and it's cool mm-hmm. because Logan Thomas is also going to be there that weekend, the newest commit to Notre Dame in the 2024 class. So one Viper to another. Hey, brother, like let's let's go ball out, right? Like, let's, yeah, let's, let's get you done. Yeah, man, let's do it. Like, let's be a tandem together. And I think also that weekend is going to be a lot of clarity at both linebacker and safety to a degree because you're going to have Brian Huff and Chris Cole on campus. Mm-hmm. Can you move the needle with Chris Cole? Is Brian Huff a guy that you really want to put, make a strong push for? If you're not feeling as good about what maybe where things are with Kingston Villamuasa going into his official, Oliver Miles is a kid that Notre Dame wants at safety. They want him. They they they, they want. He's out of Texas, played the same high school as Ruben Owens. Really dynamic, dual threat quarterback in high school, but projects to safety. They want Oliver Miles. Marquise Gallegos is also a guy that's on safety board. So I think you're going to get a little bit of clarity at linebacker, a little bit of clarity at safety, which will be good. And then obviously a couple of those top guys with Elijah Rushing and Carter Nelson and those cats and Anthony Carey as well, running back who him and Kedron Young are the two top running backs on the board to go with the Nias Williams. Like those are the two guys that they've really kind of focused on, you know, a, a guy that is also going to be on campus is Xavier Robinson out of Oklahoma. Like he's a guy they like, but it's, there's no question that Anthony Carey and Kedron Young are the two top backs on the board right now. So that ninth through 11th, I think is big. And then the second through the fourth, I, I think is is important, but it's just not a big list right now. I mean, you have Keatron Young, who I just mentioned, a, a priority at running back. You have Styles Prescott, who's obviously the in-state offensive lineman out of Fishers, Indiana, who is a good player and a player that Notre Dame likes. And again, there's some questions of what the offensive tackle class is going to look like. So is Styles mm-hmm. Prescott a part of the conversation? And then you have two guys that I really like that are on campus that weekend too. Malachi Williams, who was mm-hmm. visited unofficially for the blue and gold game. And it's now going to take an official to Notre Dame out of uh, Drexel Hill, but it's a suburb of Philadelphia here in Pennsylvania. And I mean, Sean, we've talked about him a ton too, right? And I know you yeah. like him a lot. Kid is talented, man. And I think there's some question right now of 
do you need another Viper now that Logan Thomas is? Because they'll take Elijah rushing. Like, there's no doubt they'll take him. But I think there's a question of, like, will you take Malachi Williams or not? I think that weekend will be a big determiner of, like, if they see him in person, they'll be like, yeah, if he wants to come, we'll take him. Like, he's really, really good. You know what I mean? And then Paul Menke Jr. is another safety out of Texas who I think Notre Dame likes. And he fits Notre Dame to a T. His father played quarterback in basketball for Washington State University. So he's a he's a talented kid out of the state of Texas. I mean, he's visiting Stanford, Duke, has some interest in Vanderbilt. Like, he's a high academic kid. So if Notre Dame wants him, I think they'll have a good chance at him. So I think that second through the fourth is another important weekend, but I really think that 16th through 19th and the 9th through 11th, like, that's the two most important, in my opinion, right now. You know what? The Keedron Young weekend, though, for me, is very important because I think Keedron Young – a lot of people don't know he was one of those offers that kind of pushed a lot of other running backs that Notre Dame had interest in down on the totem pole. And some of those other kids are now looking to go to other universities, it seems like. Yep. So Keedron Young, that visit for me is going to be very intriguing to see what happens in the move they make. Once it was just Notre Dame, Texas Tech, now he's going to be taking other official visits. Other programs are in the fray. That's going to be important. And then – Give me, before we let you go, because you know you got the bell bag coming up on IB, the safety position, man. Yeah. Yes. Is there another position that has more pressure or more importance on this month of solidifying that position from a recruiting standpoint? Is there another position that you can look at that elevates itself above what needs to be done at the safety position in the month of June? I don't think so, Sean. I mean, I, I think that there is a argument that you can make for linebacker to a degree. I think there's an argument that you can make for offensive line, especially even more than linebacker. But safety right now is my biggest question mark. I mean, if people ask me today, Kennedy or Lacker's in the class, obviously, out of Chandler, Arizona, right? Like, yeah. that's an absolute that we know. Yeah. But who is the next guy that you expect to be in the class? I, I don't have an answer, man. Like, I could see this class being a – I could see it being a Kennedy Urlacher, Davis Andrews, Paul Menke. I could also see it being a Kennedy Urlacher, Dewan Lane, and Marquise Gallegos. I could also see it Oliver Miles, Paul Menke, Kennedy Urlacher. Like, there's just so many possibilities at the safety position in 2024. It's honestly kind of frustrating to try to cover because I'm like, people keep asking me, what is the safety board going to end up looking like? I'm like, guys, I have no idea. Like, I have zero idea. I I don't know. I, I truly don't know. I mean, I literally just put an article out this morning of like, June is going to be big for safety clarity because I just don't think we understand fully what the safety class is going to look like, guys. Like, I just really don't, man. Like, there's so many different combinations that it could be. And there's a lot of guys on that board I like. But if you ask me right now, who's a guy that's like a foregone conclusion to end up at Notre Dame at the safety board? I don't know the answer to that. I mean, maybe Davis Andrews. But even Davis Andrews, it's like he might take a Mormon mission, right? Like, so are you going to get immediate help? Even if he does come, I mean, because usually they go one year in college and then they go in their Mormon mission. So like, yeah, maybe immediately, but like, it, there's just so many question marks right now at safety. And it's, it's, it's a shame because I really do think that Chris O'Leary does a good job developing safeties, but at some point you need to be able to get some talent in that room in order to be a, the best developer possible that you can be. So a lot of questions on safety. There's you know what? No we're going to have to, we're going to have to do a show. A recruiting show strictly on evaluation. Yeah. Let's evaluate how the linebacker and the safeties have been evaluated. 
I, I would be totally interested in that because I'm like you. I'm looking at this position, and I know there's tons of talent at the position, but it just seems like Notre Dame hasn't really been able to attract. So before we let you go, once again, yes, you can go watch Brian Driscoll, and I got Ryan Roberts over at the Friday mailbag starting in about what, 10 minutes. Yes, sir. be starting up. So get over there. We'll be finishing up right after that. The top three wants coming out of June. I, I can tell you mine now. I need okay. Kingston, I need Gerby, and I need Carter. I'm just telling you yeah. that those are my three. Those are my three guys. I need those three guys in the yes. class. Well, top three wants leaving, Sean, for me. Yeah. Gerby's one, no doubt. Okay. I don't think it's going to be clarity after June, but Gerby is one. There's no question. Kingston is another. And when Justin Scott's going to be on campus is my third, man. I just want to know when he's going to be on campus again. That's all I want to know. <laughs> Look, I just gave a boatload of information uh, concerning Justin Scott. Um, the, the, the good thing is he can have a midweek visit at any point in time during June. Yeah, that's true. That's he true. can wake up, drive the hour 15 minutes, and we just won't even know. Just a tank of gas, man. Just a tank of gas. You know, so. But it's a dog fight right now. Shouldn't be, yes, but it is. Ryan Roberts, CFB Nation, all this great content concerning the draft, all of the prospects. I know he has a list coming out for its way too early NFL draft in 2024. Yeah. Lock in with him at CFB Nation and then always over at Irish Breakdown. He is the dough, the Don Dada. When it comes to recruiting for Irish Breakdown and our brother, go thank check him out in the mailbag. Hey, bro, thank you. Have yeah. a great show, uh, fellas. I am a uh, I'm a lucky lefty alumni now, guys. Thank you yes, so sir. much. Appreciate no. y'all. <laughs> See y'all. We'll man. have you back soon, bro. That's right. That's I got Ryan Roberts right here on the Lucky Lefty Podcast talking about the month of June, man. The month of June left these official visits. Uh, I think it's crazy because I feel like the staff that was just put together last year and had to rush and work hard to do things were in a better position going into June than they are now, in my opinion, with a lot of the top prospects. Last year, they went into June with so much momentum. They were just mad. Commitments were just like pop, 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 all the way up to July twenty, July the fourth on the holiday when Christian Gray committed to Notre Dame. It is right now. It's all really just a wait and see approach to a lot of these guys, like a Gerby Lambert, who, in my opinion, Gerby Lambert is going to end up in the class because I think you know that if I'll put it like this: if Harry was still here. Gerby Lambert would more definitely probably really be really close to being in the class. And I think the Joe Rudolph thing might have added another layer to it. Ultimately, I think Gerby Lambert ends up at Notre Dame. Yeah. I think that's where he wants to play. That's just my I humble agree. opinion. Um, it makes the most sense. I think if anything, winning is going to come into a factor once two or three years of Marcus Freeman being uh, fresh and new, winning is going to carry on into sealing some of the deals with some of these recruits that are on the fringe. And But being able to get first-time recruits on campus is a win for us because before we'll chalk it up to, oh, it's, it's just not possible. 
So mm-hmm. for things to be at least a little more possible, I feel like we're confident enough in Marcus Freeman to seal the deal once they get on campus or at least keep us in the, the running by the time they get towards commitment. You know what I'm excited about, Left? It's almost that time, bro. They're giving the final slots out to the Elite 11 leading up to this holiday weekend. CJ right. Carr, I think he was slotted number four. He was the fourth release on the list. I'm excited for you to get a chance to watch CJ talk to him up close and personal, compare him to the other quarterbacks in the 24 class. Like you gotta said, go you gotta, to my annual, gotta go to my annual uh, Elite 11 and scout out my next Kenny Minchie. Last time, <laughs> last time I bumped into Kenny looking for Dante, we ended up getting Kenny. Because they both had the afros. Isn't that ironic? Man, Dante and Kenny looked bigger. So I thought it was Dante at first. I was like, dude, Kenny knew me. He was like, oh, what's up? I'm, I'm like, wait, you I'm, – I'm looking for Dante. Oh, I didn't say that, but I was – at the time, I'm like, I, I, okay, cool. You're going to pick. Cool. You look good. Right. You're doing it good. Not knowing he's going to be our guy. I'm right. looking at chasing Dante. He has no clue where he want to go at the time, you know, so. <laughs> so this is funny because, remember, you gave your film breakdown. Um, you gave your film breakdown on our guy Kingston middle linebacker that's coming in that week of January, June, the January, June the 16th with uh, uh, Gerby Lambert, Sean Savillano, Kingston, Villamuasa, and Jalen McClain will all be there June 16th through the 19th. And you did the film breakdown of Kingston a little bit over a week ago. And after you did his film breakdown, you ran into him and actually got a chance to see him. And like your first impression, you were like, yo, this dude is huge. Yeah. I mean, he's he's big. He definitely got a Midwest body. You know where it's like he may not have the, the six-pack, but he's going to be hard to bring down. Mm-hmm. You know, he may not be the fastest, but he'll get 10 yards. Oh, he's talking yeah. about the linebacker. You think about yeah, the linebacker, but I know you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I think I it's important talking about. that we find the – it's all about fit. Yeah. You know at this point – we're we're selective in our fits. I think in having guys like CJ Carr being able to be that extra push of recruitment, yeah, I think it helps a lot for finding the right fit that's going to play with him. Yeah, I mean he's been scouting his receivers masterfully. Yeah, a lot of what I a lot of the same things I did going in when I was committed, I was trying to get the best receivers. You know, wow. I was trying to be be the extra recruitment because I wanted to go in stacked, go in stacked. Man, look, it is absolutely amazing that recruitment comes down to like <laughs> one month per year with official visits. A little, I mean, it's a little bit more than that. I don't want to simplify it to just one month, but it comes down to the month of June, these official visits, and then for your bigger prospects, the official visits and game day visits during the fall. So it should be pretty interesting, man, to see how Notre Dame Deals with the month of June. Lucky Lefty Podcast. So excited to get Ryan Roberts on to talk about. And what do you think about that safety position he was talking about? Struggle with safety, struggle with the linebacker position. The linebacker position was very strong in 22, was very strong in 23. Took a step back in 24 with the departure of James Laronitis, who was in on most of the top linebackers. He goes back to Ohio State. 
A few of those linebackers fall, follow him and end up in Ohio State class. Uh, the, the bulk of recruiting for the linebackers lays at the feet of Al Golden. And then Chris O'Leary, like you said, he's done a really good job of developing the players that he has. But getting top-notch players, and I don't bl- – look, I don't blame Chris O'Leary for Peyton Bowen. I don't. No. At some point, you just get people that just aren't good people. That's just my opinion, bro. Or don't handle things in a in a fashion that they need to be handled with things such as integrity and honesty. Now, which is pretty simple for me. Just tell the truth, have integrity, and be honest. And say what you have to say. And let people know where you stand. I really don't blame Chris O'Leary for losing Peyton Bowen, but uh, you have Jalen McClain coming in. I love that kid, bro. You broke down his film last week, left. Just his ability to make plays all over the field, physical, loves to come up, loves to hit, can cover in the slot. He's a big-time player, big-time kid out of the state of New Jersey. They just got a, a Don Shula out of the state of New Jersey at the safety position. And as Ryan Roberts said, we don't know how much room they can make up, but the fact that he's going to be on campus, like you said, with Georgia having dogs around each other, he's going to be on campus with Michael Gilbert, who's a commit, Derby Lambert, Sean Sibiliano, Kingston, and also Jalen McClain. So he's going to be around dogs and some of the top guys on that visit, and maybe they can kind of like bring pique his interest a little bit more in Notre Dame. Uh, let's see. Bailey Brad says, if CJ wins Elite 11, that would be huge for the program. How much impact do you think that would really have if he does indeed win the Elite 11 level? Uh, it's just a good staple for the individual and the kids that are looking at their quarterback that committed to the same school as them, uh-huh. winning that top spot, knowing it's going to uh, proceed to be pretty good in college. Moving forward, you look at Caleb Williams, he won in Tyler Buckner's year, and look at Caleb Williams now. So usually the winner is going to have a great career in, 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 in college, not all the time, but it's a good indication that your quarterback going into school, especially if he wins or is the top three or four, you got a good chance of having a good quarterback when you get to school, or at least the one that you got committed in your class. So what was the one thing that stood out for you watching Kenny Mitchie? This was before any news about him you know, reigniting new interest in Notre Dame or interest in Notre Dame that had previously been there. But what was your first tick first? What was the tape you had watching Kenny Mitchie? I just really liked his approachability. You know, he was seemed like one of the few guys that was down to earth, not too nervous, and very confident in his ability. I mean, you're thinking about a kid that's committed to Pitt, probably the middle of the rankings when it comes to uh, the national a claim that everybody else is getting, not the number one guy that everybody's looking for, but talking to him, he was like, man, not only what did he feel like he was grateful for being there, but he felt like he deserved to be there. And he was not worried about the names or who was there or the competition he was there to win. A guy that was confident in his ability. I mean, you know, he had a lot of poise, which, you know, in those situations, these are guys that are going to be your competitors in the future at schools where, they may go to Alabama and you know you don't have a good shot, but 
I was surprised that he was committed to Pitt after talking to him because I'm like, man, this big time school's not, you know, fighting over this kid. And then just to see him as big as he was, I'm like, yeah, this kid can be, you know, maybe not. He has wide shoulders, man. Yeah. Big shoulders. That's what I'm saying. He may not be the 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 Lamar Jackson number one pick of the draft type of athlete quarterback, but if he get on the team and he yeah. get enough and he get a chance, yeah, you gonna be like that brother good. I don't know, yeah. you know yeah. what he's doing so great, but I think his confidence and his physical ability it makes him more like a Midwest QB, like a Ben Roethlisberger. Throw the football really well. He's athletic, but athletic in the sense of. You know, he's got guys hanging on him. He may not run away from guys, but he's going to stay in that pocket and make the right throw and can take a hit. So um, definitely a, a, a mold in which you like as a franchise guy. I think if you're looking for a franchise guy in, in, in a, in a three-, four-year starter, they may not always be the most athletic. They may be just that perfect uh, – what would you say? It's, the, it's that L.A. fitness athlete. <laughs> where where he 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 ain't he ain't a professional, right? Right. He, he can get buckets in them little rec leagues, you in know. He, LA Fitness Hooper. Yeah, he, he was a he was first round pick in gym class because he was just good at all the games. Right. Good at dodgeball. Good at uh, uh red light, green light. You know, just an athlete of that. You know, the number one kid in recess. You just need him on your kickball team. He he, he just make the right play. <laughs> Yeah, he catch the, you know, he'd be the catcher, he could be the first base, he could be the pitcher, kickball, but he gonna be your ace in the hole. Yeah, if he's on your team, and I think that's the same with Notre Dame football. And as we've recruited quarterbacks, even since I was there, is we don't need the best player on the field being the quarterback. But damn it, if he's a that that right fit where everybody can play off of him and he can make guys better, Kenny's that perfect fit for that. Where. Similar to Sam. Sam's not our best offensive player, but guys will get better when Sam's on the field, playing off of Sam, playing with Sam. Sam can get guys the ball and in different spots to highlight their abilities. But we're not looking at Sam as a CJ Stroud. But Sam can get the same type of benefits as CJ because he's a good fit for what you know we're we're offering on offense. Lucky Lefty Podcast. We go to the ACC where we talk about crumbling a very much in dire straits conference. I left the business of it right now. We spoke to Candace Cooper, locked on ACC last week, and news comes down today via the athletic day. Graham Neff, the athletic director of Clemson, said the day has come for revenue sharing based upon wins, losses, mm. and he know other this, factors. He know the clock is ticking over there. He's like, look, I don't know how much dominant. 
And his exact words, is it time revenue distribution within conference or at least the ACC is done differently? Absolutely. I've been very active in those conversations within the league and continue to expect to take a leadership role in our desire for that to be a change circumstance urgently. Now, first of all, I understand Clemson, you just came to the party as far as big time. Like you're trying to act big time, you just came to the party. It's like you've been there for like the last decade or so, but you just came to the party. I was understand even that the way relevant when y'all had DeAndre Hopkins and, and Taj Boy. Y'all was no, just y'all ball. were just a nice football program. Uh, you, yeah. really, you hadn't really been on the national championship level since the early '80s, back when the Freds played for Clemson, bro. So I understand that falling behind the Big Big Ten and the SEC. We already talked about the Big Ten's contract, you know, with NBC possibly crumbling and falling apart and how much money they owe Fox because of COVID. And they didn't know that they owed that money (laughs) in the the contract negotiations. And now the presidents are finding out. But, look, revenue sharing, dude, they're only revenue sharing to me is like when you have a crew, right? And you only invite a certain number of the people in the crew based upon the certain type of party you're going to. Mm. You know what I mean? Like you got a crew of 10. And if we go into like the campus party or the off-campus party, we roll in as a crew. Right? But if we somehow get invited to the exclusive party the exclusive pool party at somebody's crib in a nice neighborhood, man, should we tell everybody? No, just be you, two other people. Yeah, 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 that's right. You know what I mean? And that's kind of like how they're treating this. Like, you know, we don't want to bring everybody else to the party of how we can make more money as a conference. We kind of just want to leave everybody else back and say, yo, this is exclusive. We want to make this exclusive. We want it to be a seven, eight team conference where everybody feels like they have equal rights and the brands are similar. And then we can make money and break bread together like that. I think it's ridiculously whack. The conference is the conference. And uh, man, a world of college football or college sports where the ACC, especially from a basketball standpoint, doesn't exist. Man, it's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be very interesting because the thing about the ACC is that you know it goes in cycles. So who knows? Maybe Duke becomes in the next five years the best team. So that means Clemson gonna take less money then. Maybe Carolina becomes (laughs) the next best team. Maybe Carolina becomes the next best. So that means the winner of the league gets the biggest pot because the ACC is more up and down in the SEC where, you know, Alabama, LSU, Florida, not, I'm sorry, excuse me, not Florida, Alabama, Georgia, LSU. Those are usually the teams that are pretty much at the top of the the league every year. ACC is Clemson and then who knows, Virginia had a year they made to the ACC championship. So it could be either way it goes, but 
I think it would be a good structure to make it more entertaining for the ACC if they did a winner takes the biggest share each year. It'll make it more competitive. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it wouldn't work for the Big Ten because Rutgers would never, ever, ever get any money. <laughs> they got they got to spread it even in the Big Ten because that's just that's a more even fit structure. But the ACC, anybody can win any year in the ACC. Because you 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 might you might strike a generational quarterback in that league, you might strike a, a team that's veteran, because they're not getting guys in the league as as successfully as other big sp- big programs. So you might catch a senior Virginia team that's on the rise. Mm-hmm. You might catch a senior Wake Forest with a undercover Sam Hartman that may give you troubles, that may win ten wins that season. They you know it's a lot of variability. You got a generational quarterback in North Carolina who may rip off nine wins. Uh-huh. And you and nobody will be everybody be like, what where they come from? And then get smacked towards November in the bowl season. You know how that goes. So I mean the ACC got it, got it all right. If this is about winning the biggest revenue share, let the winner take off. Look. There's two ways you can look at it. I look. I love the Big Ten. I laugh at the Big Ten because they want to in, in, <laughs> integrate Notre Dame, and I laugh because I'm like, well, my argument for Notre Dame is they have an independent mindset. So why in the world would they want to have the same revenue as a school like Rutgers? Well, that, that's not the mindset that they want to operate by. All right, if you force them to have to join a conference because it's the only way they can make it to the college football playoff, that's a totally different story. That doesn't change their mindset. They're just put in a position where they don't have any other recourse. Right. Like, okay, now I have to. Um, Ohio State, Michigan, the reason they can live with cutting that check with Rutgers is because they know they're going to make so much more money outside of the TV revenue that Rutgers can't. Yeah. Like Rutgers solely do. Rutgers operates off of that. Dude, their apparel revenue for Rutgers is nowhere near Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, uh, concessions, what they make off of game days, local deals, local TV deals. It's it's, it's not close. Radio, all of that. It's not close. And instead, you have people for the strength of the conference because whether it's not – these deals are not solely made for Rutgers wasn't allowed into the Big Ten because people thought Rutgers was about to be this football power. Right. Rutgers was an extension and a connection for the Big Ten to the New York market. That's why they, that's the importance of Rutgers. If they never win a game or never win a championship, they stamp and planted a flag for the Big Ten in the New York market. Yep. That's what it's about, business. And that's TV value. So when you go to talk TV deals to these networks, you say, we have the New York market. We have the Chicago market. Chicago market. We have the Detroit market. We have the Cleveland market. They have the markets. It's business. That's the value of Rutgers. And that's why they get there. They get that check. Because ultimately, they add value to what the conference can get in negotiations because of where they are. Yeah. So if you're wondering why, man, 
why is Michigan State and Ohio State? Yeah, they shouldn't from a football standpoint, but from the power of negotiations and markets, Columbus is not New York. You can say, I don't care how great the Ohio State and Michigan are. Ann Arbor and Ohio State, the TV markets aren't New York. New York. They aren't. They just aren't. And that, my friends, is why Rutgers was brought into the Big Ten. Hey, think USC moving to the Big Ten. Them and UCLA. That's because now they have LA. Now they got LA. That's all the Big Ten wanted. We got New York, we got Chicago, and we got LA. That's of it. course, they came up with the biggest TV deal of all time. They got three of the five top markets. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. So we'll see, man. These super conferences come about. Eventually, they might put Notre Dame in position to where they have no choice. Until then, man, sign this deal with NBC. Sign this other deal with Nike, Jordan Brand, whomever. Whoever. Get it over (laughs) with. Oh, boy. I just saw it. So your boy DeAndre Hopkins was just released. Well, he's been flirting with other teams for so long. I mean, at some point, teams going to be like, all right, man, clearly you don't want to be here. And, you know, the league can only put up with so much. Hey, man. Did you uh, do your research? I think <laughs> I have to think long and hard. I do think that Commons B album is the greatest album release on good music. I believe it. Because Pusha T's records, I can't name a song. I can't even name a bar. I definitely I, understand what Jim Jones is talking about, but I respect Pusha T. <laughs> well, I can name bars from the clips. I, I know more clips bars than I know solo Pusha T bars. I know, and that's, that's a weird thing because you respect him as being a rapper, I mean, I know the entire. I know the entire story of Adidas. I know that. I know that entire disc. Oh yeah, I mean, I YouTube the, the whole story. <laughs> that that was hilarious. I don't care what anybody said. Masterful work. Yeah, but uh, let's see. And the trick to this is Kanye's stuff was not released on good music. Oh, he was he was he was always under Rockefeller. Yeah. So you could, yeah, you couldn't take I will say this. Uh Saha the Prince had a couple writes of everything mixtapes. <laughs> he had a couple mixtapes. Would you rather be a ghostwriter for like the big ones, like how Saha the Prince is, or would you rather be like the rapper like Kanye or Pusha T? I would much rather be the producer or the writer behind the scene with my paperwork right. Mm. Absolutely. You'd be a Quentin Miller. Absolutely. Well, not getting beat up. Not not, not, not his result. (laughs) No. uh, (laughs) That's not the example I would use. But, but, yeah. 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 (laughs) Yeah, I don't think anybody wants that one. (laughs) Oh, man. They did him wrong, man. Man, but no, I I would definitely. It's interesting. I did you watch, um, 
Summer Walker's interview on Carisha, please. Oh, I haven't. Yeah, she, you know, she released her new, uh, she released a new mixtape EP last Friday. Mm. Uh, she has like three or four joints with J. Cole. So I think he was kind of involved in it from an executive standpoint. But it, it's funny asking people, would you, would you rather have fame or celebrity? If you had to choose, would you rather have fame or celebrity? I just give give me the celebrity. Yeah, give me the celebrity. I'm cool with you know being. A, I don't need that fame. Like, cause I need to walk around. I need to be able to go out in public. It's not okay. So that's, that's the question. Then, would you rather be LeBron or Kwame Brown? Bobby Brown played 11 years, <laughs> has good money. No, nah, I'm too competitive. I couldn't, I, I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't be known as trash. I couldn't be known as that. Yeah, you I couldn't be known money. as trash. Yeah, you got I all that. I couldn't be known as trash, love. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, Kwame can't be like, y'all hate all you want. You know, I got the money. I done played. I done first round pick. That's all gravy. So your 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 Kwame put the order in on Unk's crib out there in L.A. Is Man. that why Unk's crib got hit up last night? <laughs> they took like a million dollars worth of jewelry and stuff. And some- oh, LeBron home got robbed. No, Shannon Sharp. Oh, Shannon Sharp got. <laughs> yes. His home got hit last night, dude. He was there, not there. Yeah, I don't think he was there. Oh man, I did not know that. Hey, they definitely done sent the drop because he has been talking spicy on Undisputed in L.A. They will get you. I don't care who they. I don't care who you are. They will get you. L.A. They will get you. You can't even hide it, bro. They will find out where your crib is, and they will get you. Oh my gosh, I did not know that. I'm looking at it now. Yeah, then they still like over a million dollars worth of stuff, some paintings. Around a million in goods. In goods, yeah. Yeah, it made, I mean, good grief. That was crazy, bro. That was crazy. I thought I said Kwame Brown put it in the order. Like, go rob him. Is it that easy to find where you live? Man, you know, L.A., that's a whole circuit, bro. Inside mm-hmm. jobs, the info, the network of following cats, it's, it's real. And that's why I think people that go out there to L.A. need to understand that, that it's not a joke when you go out there. Especially, that's what I'm talking about. That celebrity, you keep it. And that's the one thing in watching Summer Walker, you can tell she's uncomfortable with fame. You you can tell, like just in this interview, you could tell she's uncomfortable. Like she's, she's like, just, I think the one thing that stood out to me, she said, uh, I love my fans, but they're not my friends. Mm. 
Like she clearly wants that distance between. Uh, she loves the attention, but when it comes to her job. Yeah, she's like, I'm not for like talking to them or social media. Oh, like I don't want to. Like, let me just that. be the music in the face. That's Other it. than that, don't even. Let, she wants to be a, a musician and a mom. That's it at this point. But that's just not was that's not realistic. We got social media, you know. Well, it's not realistic in this day. If she was an artist 20 years ago, she would have fit in perfect. 20 years ago was what, Whitney? Absolutely not. She, well, she wouldn't have to deal with social media and all of those other outlets, and she could have been more hidden as an artist, where it kind of worked you worked for you from a business standpoint to be mysterious as an artist years ago. It worked. That's what got people to come out to want to talk about you, to really delve into your music now. You know, if you aren't available to your fans, it works in reverse. So, oh man, bro. I might as well just put the entire LA circuit on the, uh, on the petty train, bro. That's a great rob unk, man. They got unk. They got unk. Hopefully they took the suits that were too tight. <laughs> they said hey, they too tight for us robbers <laughs> you know what's happening it's time to get petty oh we did a good job executing are you upset with something and fire up the petticoat junction train I just don't like you you don't? No. What is today's petty historic petty junction? Petty junction, petty historic of the day brought to you by Anora Whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com, that premium premium American whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com. Hey, I put the FAA on the petty train today, but I celebrate them at the same time. I put them on because for years they have made us sit in seats where people get on the planes and the person in front of you sits down and automatically just rears back. <laughs> like your knees aren't there. Like they're going to get more room somehow, some way. And they keep going back throughout the flight. It's like my knees aren't going anywhere. Like what are you doing? No consideration, huh? No consideration. Well, thank God that new mandates for room on planes are being established, and it will be a national mandate for all airlines for the amount of room for knees and limbs on all flights. That's a great thing, bro, because, you know, you start getting to these small, you know, the cheap the airlines, when you get cheap, cheap tickets, you have absolutely zero room. At all, bro. But but the thing too though is that now it's gonna be less tickets and they're gonna be more expensive. They're definitely gonna be more expensive. Trying to accommodate for I agree. a small percentage of the whole, you know. So it's like the airlines are just using this as a means of getting cheaper and more expensive. See, so yeah, that may be true. A couple bigger people can get some bigger seats, but in the long run, we're losing as consumers. See, I am a person that always sits next to the window. <laughs> you have that's more of a problem when you sit next to the aisle or in yeah. the middle seat. You grab your window seat, 
you normally don't have to worry about that. But that that aisle seat, you're definitely gonna have somebody. And just imagine, like everybody stacked up, everyone's trying to rear back, like they're in a sleep, you know, sleep number bed, trying in the right position to get a good nap. It's crazy, bro. I look, my daughter, she for the first two years flew Southwest exclusively, going back and forth between Chicago and LA. Man, I messed around and got her a seat on a United flight. That was it, bro. <laughs> she was like, don't put me on Southwest ever again. Ever again. Ever again. She was like, yo, the leg room. She was like, the, just the room. You it's know, because going, going from Chicago to L.A., they're going to have the bigger plane. Their biggest plane. So she was immediately reactive to the leg room, like, man, I will pay or I will learn how to pack light so I don't have to pay the baggage fees. <laughs> She's yeah, like, and, and, and another thing, Spirit is is low-key charging hella bread for bringing on, on carry-on bags. It's like 100 bucks for carry-on. Spirit was one of the worst flights I've ever had in my life to, to Las Vegas. In your life? In my life. I caught a late flight going to an all-star weekend to Las Vegas on Spirit, which means you know who was going out for the all. It was just like the plane, the vibe of the people on the plane. It was just, it was the worst left. It, 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 was, the worst. it was the worst. You went on a bad weekend. You know, they bringing out, that weekend bring out all the. I felt like I was on Kevin Bro, I felt like I was on Kevin Hart's airline. Soul play? I do. I felt like they were giving out thighs and, and breasts with a biscuit. It was, yo, the experience was all the way bad. But it, it was, was bad. All the way bad. It was just all the way bad. It just was, man. It was. I'll never forget that. I have not booked a flight on Spirit since then. Oh my gosh. Bad reviews. Nah. Can't do it. Won't do it. Lucky Lefty Podcast. Once again, those of you that are traveling during this holiday weekend, we pray for your safe travel, your safe arrival, and your arrival back home to wherever you reside. Man, eat good, love on each other, love family. But most of all, you got to tell someone that you're going to spend it different. We'll talk to you guys Monday for another edition of the Lucky Lefty Podcast. Oh, 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 oh,